Hello, y'all. Welcome back to a brand new podcast episode. Hey, okay, so it is early, early, early in the morning. <clears throat> not too early, but early for me because I did not get a lot of sleep last night. I got enough sleep, but I didn't get, like, the, the amount of sleep that I normally like. Um, My phone was just blowing up for reasons, and I, I'm going to I'm gonna get into... I'm not going to get into that because it's a very sensitive subject, but I do... It's a conversation that I surprisingly... Um, not surpri- I'm not saying the right words. My brain is just all weird right now okay it's mush um yesterday I heard something on the radio that I was we were going I was going to work and I remember there was this conversation happening on a radio station that I listen to sometimes um that uh was talking about male suicide rates and the conversation on particularly black male suicide rates how they are going up and what we can do to stop them and um Without getting into too much detail, something did happen literally yesterday um, that was in line with that conversation. Um, I was going home last night, and I'm only going to talk about myself, but I was going home last night, and I didn't think of any, I didn't think about what was happening around me because I was, you know, I mean, I thought about what was happening around me. I didn't think about, you know, what the situation was, but I was leaving um, uh, work, and um I remember seeing um, lots of police and ambulance, and I didn't think, I didn't think much of it. I thought, oh, something must have happened. This is, you know, like, obviously, like, somewhere near me or whatever. And that's all I'm going to say. It never dawned on me, you know, why they were there or what was happening, because obviously I couldn't see anything, so I didn't think too much of it. I kind of just went about my, my life. It's not uncommon to see, you know, ambulances and police wherever you're at like you know not that I live in like a bad area or anything but like these these things are not uncommon right like I, you see them you try to you know you hope for the best or whatever but you, you know they're not uncommon um it was this morning that I found out that um it was closer not not closer it, it was uh it was this morning that I found out you know what the, what the situation was and it's very 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 sad um but it, it ties into the conversation I wanted to have after hearing um, the episode of the thing I was watching or listening to about, you know, black male suicide rates and um, how they kind of go un, untalked about. There's a lot of things in myself being a black person. Um, and, I, and I know that it, my, my, my situation is not everybody's situation. My the way I was brought up and raised is different than I think a lot of other people. I've had this conversation um, with other black men before, too. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, coming from multicultural backgrounds, I think, does change situations a little bit. Um, also, just oh, there's a lot of things, a lot of things that change different situations and, you know, things like that. I've always grown up in a very mixed background with my family, with my friends, with the areas that I lived in. Um, they were never predominantly black areas that I lived in. And so I never really had that experience. Um, I also, um, go in school, um, I got picked on more by people of my own color. I mean, I got picked on by everybody at some point, but, um, people of my own color really did not hang out with me too much because I, I didn't have, a lot of the same, I guess, attributes and ways besides skin color than to them. And so I think a lot of kids in school just were not 
besties with me. Um, I wasn't really, um, I don't know. I was, I was very outcasted. And I remember other black kids in school tell, and even after school telling me like when I was older and older, I remember people coming up to me in life that remembered me from school and going, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't hang out with you because you were different than me. You, you were different than us. Like, but I really respected you. I just wanted to tell you that I respected you for just being yourself and just doing your thing. And I wish I would have been more like that. Like I got a lot of those, those kind of, uh, that kind of feedback from, from different kids, um, that I, saw later on in life, you know, and again, I'm, I'm not light skinned by any means, but, um, I, I just, I didn't fit in. I never really fit in or, or anything like that. Um, and, uh, a lot of my friends were different colors. There's Hispanic, Latinx, uh, um, Asian, white. I had, I had other black friends too. Um, not too many because like, I don't know. I feel like all the other black kids that I hung out with were like me. We were just kind of outcasted because we were a little bit different. And so, um, yeah, like it's just, that's just how it was for, for me and for my experience. On top of that, adding in, you know, being, being gay as well. And that also was another thing that was like very, very taboo, um, for a lot of people, you know, a lot of other black kids did not want to hang with me. I had actually a really popular black friend in high school. And, like, he was on sports teams, really, really cool. I didn't even know he knew my name. I didn't know I existed in his world at all. Um, we were in the same class, but I didn't know he knew me. And one day after class, he was like, Stefan, like, you know, it's good to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, like, didn't know you know my name. Okay, cool, popular guy. Um, we were actually in drama class together, though. We had the same drama class. And he was always falling asleep in that drama class, always. Because um, he was like high school senior who probably only took this class because he needed an elective but like me and him kind of got close in that class and he's like you were like I was like a, a freshman or sophomore and he's like you're really cool like you know you're a really cool kid I like how you just kind of do your own thing you don't really care about any, what anybody says like you have my respect forever and I was like bro like that's really cool like what like <laughs> one of the most popular guys in the school respects me what what's going on so like I don't know um in fact like I had a lot of um a lot of my other friends that were that were black that I had in school were exchange students. So they would come from like Africa and different places. And um, I, I liked talking to them. I liked getting to know them because the you know, other black kids in school always wanted to fight or be mad at me. So I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a lot of things that just, I feel like going back to that, like my, my point is my experience is not exactly the same. Um, and I, I don't want to talk too much about something that I... Uh, talk too much about a sector of, of, of blackness that I, I was not a part of because I wasn't like, I, I never feel like I really successfully integrated into um, like to widespread blackness. Is that, that makes sense? Like to, to the community. I never really felt like I fit there because I always felt like I was different and treated differently. And so I never, I never really fit in. Um, whenever I did have black friends, I was so excited to have them because I'm like, this doesn't happen for me very often. So um, it was, it was, it was nice whenever I had black friends, whenever I had friends that looked more like me and had my experience. And, and I noticed that the older I got, the less trusting I got too. Um, and it sucks again being a black gay male myself like that being a gay male in general there's there's just things there that is just like really like uh um and 
being black and gay too, it's 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 another like it's another layer of, of experience and I think there's levels of like depression in that too. I, I have, you know, one really, really great two really, really great black gay friends that I love talking to. Um and I've I've had a few now. I've had a, a few in my life now. Um but those two in particular that I really just enjoy talking to, we talk all the time. Um, and it, our, the experiences are just, they're, they're, we're all so different, but a lot of our experiences are very much the same. And all of us have had our issues with other black gay men and just like, I guess like the trauma dumping and things like that, that happen. And in black men in general, there's, there's, a you know, sometimes when you, and there's other black men that, I, that I've come across and, I found that when we first meet each other, there's this just nastiness. Like, there's just this, like, someone wants to assert dominance for no reason over the other. And I don't like that. I've never been someone who feels like I need to assert my dominance. I I assert myself. I'm like, this is who I am, period. But I don't need to make you feel like you are, like you are lesser than me or you are, you're my, you know. People like to think that I do. Um, but I'm like, no, if, if anything, yeah, I'm, I might be conceited or whatever to a degree, but I'm not someone who's like, I, you, you, I am alpha. No, I'm not, I, I'm not that person. No, there's, there's different layers to shit. Like for me, I'm just like, I am me. You're not going to fuck with me, period, point blank, period. I, but I'm not, you know, I'm not coming in being like, I'm going to rule over you. I don't need to rule over you. I, I rule over myself. I don't need to, and I barely do that. I don't need to rule over you, but I'm letting you know that I will not be fucked with. I'm not tolerating that fuckery. That's not what's happening here. Um, that's the kind of person I am. I'm not the kind of person that's like, I need to be confrontational with you and I need to show you that I'm not afraid of you. I don't need to do any of that. I don't, that's not me. That's not where I'm at. And I feel like with a lot of other black men and myself and my experiences with that, there has been a lot of that, which has caused me a lot of distress for sure. Because it's like when I walk into a situation or I walk into a room and I feel like, you know, I'm being, being stared at and compared to, I don't like that. Um, and I feel like a lot of times, you know, when I was younger, again, being a black gay male, there was so much that stuck out about me, I think. And I think you you recognize your own, right? You when people look like you, you're drawn to look at them more. You're drawn to like I don't know, maybe point out your similarities, your differences. I don't know what happens in that moment, but you are drawn to to each other. And I think for me a lot of times it was always like someone feeling like they had to 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 assert dominance or to, you know, like be confrontational and I hated that because when I would see other black people for a long time I would be excited like, "Yes, I'm not the only one." Cool. Um at the same time like you go back to feeling like you're the only one when, when it, it turns into this kind of like need for um, confrontation, need to prove that. And that's not even just with black men. It was with black women too. Like I felt like I was in spaces where people just saw my blackness and were like, I'm black, you're black, we have to compete. I'm black, you're black, we have to square up. No, I don't. I don't need to square up with you. Who are you? Bitch, I don't know you. Like I don't, I don't need this. I don't need it and I don't care. Like your color means nothing to me. I don't care. I just don't care. So can we just not? Like, I, I don't like that. I, I hated it. And it, it really just turned me off of people because I'm like, if this is how it's always going to be, I don't want this. I don't want this. My life is a struggle enough. I don't need to, to walk into a room and worry about, you know, another Black person wanting to square up with me for what reason? For what? Who is this for? Is this for you? Is this for them? Because a lot of times it feels performative. A lot of times it felt for me that, like, people would 
square up with me because white folks are watching or people of different colors are watching or they've pit us against each other before I even sat down. Like, oh, you're black, he's black, you're fat, you're fat, you're gay, he's gay. Oh, this is perfect. Like, either you're going to end up together or you're going to square up. And it's like, or we're just going to be two people who do our thing. I don't need to square up with you. I have nothing to prove to you. I don't even know you. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't ask. I Sorry, y'all, I did get cut off. Um, Someone had called me. But no, I, I feel that's what I was saying about squaring up. It's just like, who are we doing this for? You know, I was talking to a friend about this the other day where it's just like, sometimes it feels like it's back to days of slavery where slave masters would get their strongest, toughest black men to fight each other to the death. You've seen Django Unchained, um, that happens in that movie. And it's, it's something very similar to that where it's like even now, and it's like, you know, we're not slaves, but we are, aren't we? Because we're still slaves to that mentality of, Someone's going to compare us. Someone is going to look at you and say, you're like him. You're like each other. You should fight for to insert your dominance or you should do this or whatever. And we do it performatively. And it's like, we shouldn't do that. I've never been one to conform to that. I don't need to. I don't need to show you. I think some people, you know, in my experience, you know, there were other people of, you know, black people who felt like they needed to show me how black they were. And it's like, I don't need to know how black you are. I'm, it's great that you are. And it's great that you're proud of your blackness. I'm proud of my blackness too. I don't need to compare my blackness to your blackness. I don't need that. For what? what, what why does it need to be competition? And that's, again, in the gay world, it, it's the same thing. There's so much competition in the gay world. It doesn't, have, not even just black on black. There's just so much competition in the gay world. And it pisses me off because I'm just like, I don't need to compete with any of you for any reason at all. I don't. Um, I specifically hate when I feel like it's men of color competing for, you know, whiteness, competing for that white, that white man or whatever. And I'm like, why, why do we need to do that? How about we just don't do that? How about we realize that we're, we don't need this person or we don't need these people to, to do that. We don't need this. But it's just, it's a constant thing. And it's just, it's so ugly and it's just so nasty. And I think it just brings out the worst in people. And I, I think that has to do with beauty standards in society and all that bullshit. And like, you know, which is again, exactly why I always say inclusion matters is why I say that we need to change these, these concepts that we have in our head because they're so deeply ingrained in us that we constantly have to compete and fight with each other for, for a second place. We don't need that. I don't need a white man to be on my arm for me to know that I'm a good looking man or that I'm valuable, that I'm worth something. His whiteness won't, won't do shit for me. It don't save me from shit, right? It doesn't ease all my problems. Him being white don't do shit for me. Me be, being, being every white person's favorite black person don't do shit for me. It don't do shit for me. Like I, I don't. Why do we need this? We don't need this. So why are we? Why are we doing this for? Each, why are we doing this to each other? For what? For what? Why do you need to show me how black you are in comparison to how black I am? Why do you need to make me feel like you know you're my alpha? I don't need to do any of that. You don't need to do any of that. So maybe stop doing it. But I think that also just feeds into the depression I think that black men face. There's so much, there's, I mean, the people, in, I'm, not, I'm not trying to minimize anybody else's experience and say, it's just black men. I'm not doing that. I can only speak to my experiences and for who, to who I am. And that's what I'm doing. And that's what this situation is. And to me, it's like, hearing that, that conversation about how, Black men, black, black male suicide rates, be young or older, are on the rise. 
it's so sad because it just it it kind of reminds me of you know when I was younger and I and I you know would talk to my other friends who who were black um just how we were raised you know I mean I wasn't raised that way but a lot of them were raised this way of like you know you got to tough it out. You got to be tough. You can't let people see you sweat. You can't let see people, people see you cry. It's a weakness. It's something that people want to take advantage of. You know, these are things that are still being taught. You know, I, I've talked about this, about, you know, the black community and, and the acceptance of gayness or the non-acceptance of gayness. You know, it's not okay for black men to show that they have these kind of sides to them. That isn't okay because it's not, you know, it, it's it's not a good look for some people. And it's like, why isn't it though? Why isn't being your authentic self, however that looks, why isn't that a good look? You know, what what are we protecting? What what's at risk here? What's that you know, I, I can tell you what's at risk by continuing the charade that people are doing. It's you know, it's the lives of these black men who feel like they have to be a certain type of way because society says you have to be. And not even just society, but sometimes even in your own community tells you you have to be a certain kind of way. You have to be tough. Because this world is gonna be tough on you. And that and that is true. This world is gonna be tough on you. It's going to be very tough on you, especially, you know, especially when it comes to the color of your skin. It's going to be tough. It is. It's going to be tougher for you than most. It is. It, it's sad to say, and I hate that. But trust me, as a black man myself, I hate that. I hate having those kind of conversations at work. I hate having those conversations in, in real life about how tough this stuff is. But it's true. Your race, unfortunately, is going to play a part in how you're treated and how you're seen. And these are things that have, that have been a thing since before you were born and you can't help that. But what you can do is help how you respond to it. What you can do is, is help how you educate people and how you educate yourself, you know? Um, I don't think we need to be everybody's teacher. You know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not really out to try. I mean, I don't mind educating people, but I also understand that that doesn't have to be my place. I'm not getting paid to educate you. That's what your teacher should be there for. Um, that's what your parents should be there for. And other, you know, figures you deem important in your life should be there to help teach you and help mold you as a person. That's not my job. However, someone does have to do it. And sometimes if that's me, that's, that'll be me. But my biggest thing is, you know, it, it's sad. It's sad to hear that, you know, the suicide rates of, of black males are going up and up. And, and we're just, again, it's just some things I feel like we're not talking about. There needs to be places and spaces for black men to just be black men, however that looks. Fuck what the world thinks about you. Fuck what whatever image you have to portray. It's all fake. It's all bullshit anyway. What matters is you being true to yourself. That's what matters the most. I'm not talking about being gay or anything. I'm just talking about in general. That's what matters the most because that's what's going to help you out. You know, a lot of people tell black, you know, black folks, oh, go to therapy, seek therapy. But do you, but I can understand why some people don't. Because again, it's like a lot of things will be used. You feel like are being used against you. And you don't know the person sitting across from you. You don't know what they're going to say about you after. You don't know anything like that. You just don't know. And historically, you know, a lot of things have been taken from black people. And I think a lot of it, it's just it's learning how to break down those walls and finding people to trust that are safe to trust. And the sad part is sometimes the people who are safe to trust don't look like you. That's the sad. You would think that they would. And that goes for any race. You would think that they would. But sometimes they don't. They don't look like you at all. And then sometimes the ones that don't look like you, 
they're not trustworthy either. So it's like, who, where, where do you go? How do you find, because for me, it was, how do I find a space that I'm not, I wanted to go, I want to go still to people who look more like me because when we have a common thing, it, it you know, we talk about it. I'm like, I, this is what I wanted. I wanted this community building. I hate that it has to be because of a toxic situation that happened, but I like this community building. I love that. That I, I, I thrive off that. It just breaks my heart when it just ends up falling flat, you know, and not always, but it does. And that that's hard because it's like when you, when you feel like the outside world is against you or views you in a, in a light that isn't who you are, but is who they're telling you you are. And you go to people who have that same experience as you, you know, you feel like you have that community. But then sometimes when that community turns and you realize that sometimes they're no better than the people that were out there doing, they're doing the same shit to you, the people out there were doing. It's just like, you're back at square one. You know, you're back in that same place of feeling like I really am just by myself because there's no win here. It's just, it's sad. It's a really, really sad situation. It's a really sad place to be in. And I just, I feel like some of this stuff is just, it's just so preventable. But I get it too, because I get where both sides come from. I, I don't get, you know, turning on someone. I don't get that. But I think it's a self-preservation thing. You know, I think that's really what it is, is people trying to, you know, they, you, you sometimes you can only, uh, you can only, it's like with love, right? It's like people think that they know what love is, but when they've never really truly been loved or know what love is, that, that whatever they show you is, not, is going to be their interpretation of what they think love is. But sometimes that isn't lust. It's infatuation. It's obsession. It's all these other things that aren't actually love. But because they've never experienced that, they're only going to give you what they can experience, right? So if you're looking for shelter from a community or you're looking for a shelter from someone who looks more like you, if they don't really have a strong foundation of what shelter should be, they're only going to give you what their interpretation of that shelter is going to look like. And that sometimes is going to be really dangerous and detrimental to you. And I, I really just want to normalize Black men being not okay and being depressed and having to, to walk through that depression. And, and Black women too, people in general, you know, I... I I, I don't want to just only say that blackness because everyone suffers with it. But I am talking, I, I, I hate when I do this. I hate when I feel like I have to explain that I'm, this is what I'm talking about. But I do it anyway. I, I should stop doing that. I am talking about blackness right now. This is the conversation that I'm having. And I, I, I understand everybody goes through this. I hear those things. I know. I get it. That's another conversation we can obviously have. We can add it on to this conversation, but the conversation I want to have right now is about blackness and what do we do to keep black men and young black boys from feeling like they have nowhere to turn to, they have nowhere to go, and killing themselves. How do we do that? How do we open up spaces to say therapy is can be good and people can be trusted because sometimes you're raised not to trust anyone. Sometimes you're raised not to trust white people. I can understand why to a degree, but sometimes you are raised that way. And so you think, okay, well then if I can't trust them, I can at least trust my black brothers and sisters. But because of the way they've been treated, you find that there's a lot of combative competition, negativity, toxicity there at times too. So you can't trust them. And then you think, okay, well then I can trust other races. But again, because of racism and systemic racism, you find that they view you in a certain way too. 
And so you find yourself in a situation where it's like, I was told that I can't trust this person. And I can see why I was told to a degree why I can't trust certain people. These people don't trust me or don't, you know, aren't open spaces for me because of the the nasty racism between POC communities. So I, ne- I can't necessarily go there and feel completely accepted. And then when I go into this space of my own, I can't feel completely accepted because whenever I, I'm not only a threat to other races, but sometimes I'm a threat to my own. And there has to be this competition and there has to be this and has to be that. Oh God, I don't want to do this. And then it's like, say you're gay or whatever else you may be. Well, then there's also competition there. There's also toxicity there. And in spaces where you would think that you'd have, like I said, I, other black gay men, we, some of us go through the same thing. Some of us have spilled the, the same tears over the same kind of situations. And instead of banding together and being strong together, we turn on each other. And it's just the saddest thing because we just, we lose. And I'm, t- I'm tired of losing. I'm, t- I'm tired of losing. I'm so tired of losing. I'm so tired of the mental gymnastics. I'm tired of it all. I'm so tired of it. Like, I really am. I would love, I, you know, I, there were, there's a guy that I work with that I think he's, he's a really cool dude. He's awesome. Um, and I envy him at times because he has such a strong gay community around him where all these men are very similar to him in ways. But they just, they, they, they bond, they get it, they can have conversations that they understand um, each other. They're all white men, but they, they have those things. And it's just like, I wish I had that for myself. I wish I had like sort of a palette swap of what you have. But I don't have that. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of the men that I want to associate with, they're broken. Not, not that you guys aren't broken, you're broken too, but they're broken by a lot of guys like you. And so... I don't, you know, that, that, that's what we have. And, and within that brokenness, there's a lot of competitiveness and envy and, and betrayal. And there doesn't mean to be, I don't need that in my life. I want, you know what I mean? Like I want to be in a space where I can feel uplifted by other gay men, have real conversations with men that look like me and talk about our struggles. I want all of those things. And I just feel like every time I think I have that, there's, there's a snake in the grass and it just, it just, takes it all the way and I hate that you know but I'm I'm trying I'm trying to find my own little corner of the world and I've got you know friends of this color and that color and this color and just coming together and just let's have let's be gay men that have gay experiences and talk about it like let's be real and because that I, I love opening up that dialogue in, in that because it, it tells them what my and again my experience is not every black male's experience which is why i want more of that diversity in my conversations because i'm not every black gay man i'm only me and my experiences are not going to be the same as everyone else's um but i i really i just i don't know i really just want that community i think it's it's so important to have that and not just like i said not just in blackness but in other things too um because it gives me an idea of what goes on with me and mine might go on with you and yours. And then when we talk about that, we become us together. And that's the most important thing at the end of the day. It's not just about black men and suicide. It's about men in general or people in general committing suicide and maybe trying to find a way to make that stop. But the more that we just completely put people in these boxes and then the people in the box want to fight or the people in the box want to be combative with each other, 
those spaces of safety just get smaller and smaller and smaller inside every one of the boxes. So why don't we just cut open the fucking box and let them run free? I think that's the best idea that we have. Fuck the boxes. Don't put people in boxes, you know? Um, and also, I really want to have discussions about people not being okay and that being okay. Sometimes people who don't, like, it's weird, but sometimes people who don't like you, like, change when they find out you're not okay. Is that weird? Like, for me, there are times I don't want to deal with people. I don't, I don't like them. I'm like, oh, I don't like this person. Ew. But then they're like, I need help. Or I just want someone to talk to. I'm like, okay, let's talk. Even though, even though I don't want it, I, I just a few minutes ago, I did not want to talk to you at all. I didn't want to be bothered by you. None of that. But you have something going on. You need someone to talk to. I'll, I'll listen. I'll be there. Because if that's, if that's what you need from me, okay, that's what I'll give you. And a few minutes ago, I didn't want to have anything to do with you. But you reaching out and saying, hey, I'm not feeling okay, made me go, okay, well, regardless of how I'm feeling about you, there's something that might, you might need, you know, you might just need someone to listen to. I'm here. I might not be the ear that you want, you know, but I'm the ear that you have right now. Um, so let's, let's talk. What's going on? Like, I, honestly, I'm telling you, people sometimes will change. I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. I, I can tell you that there have been times and spaces where I genuinely did not want to, like, engage with somebody. I was like, I don't want to engage with you. I don't want to talk with you, whatever. But I feel like, you know, if you need this space, you need me in this space, I'm here for you. Hey, y'all, just wanting to finish up this episode real quick. I, I realized going over it and listening to it a little bit more that I wanted to also talk about some of my dad's experience. You know, when I was growing up, my father kind of raised me to be tough and just, you know, if, you know, trying not to cry so much. But um, I think he learned that I was going to be my own man regardless. And I was going to be a, a young man that was in tune with his emotions more so. And... You know, but growing up, my dad, like, crying for him, he, he wasn't a big crier. He did not cry a lot. Now that he's older, he definitely cries a lot more. I've seen my dad cry a few times. Uh, well, quite a few times, actually, now that he's older. But when I was a kid, my dad, like, did not cry. And so I knew that when my dad was crying, it was always something very serious. Um, and I think that's something that, like, I think a lot of young boys grow up with is, like, even, well, I think kids in general grow up with that. Where, like, you know, if dad is crying, it's something that's more serious. Um, and at least when I think about the black men in my family, um, I a lot of them don't really cry very often. If they, you know, they don't really show too much of their emotions. So, um not, not, I mean, well, I guess, the, I feel like they are getting better with it, with age, I think, but, like, it's not, again, it's not something as common as seeing, like, a woman in my family cry, or my aunts cry, or my, even my female cousins, I feel like cry more than my male cousins do, I think that's just something that, like, is ingrained in you, kind of, sort of, not to do that, um, again, I was the exception, because I was going to do what I wanted, and so I was more of someone, if I felt a way, I'm going to cry about it, I'm going to be upset about it, um, and, I think that, again, goes back to, you know, what I was talking about earlier about just kind of like how, you know, it makes sense to me how black, you know, why black men, there's such a huge number of them, you know, feeling like suicide is, is an option or the only option or, you know, a way out because you're living in a world that tells you you have to be a certain kind of way and people kind of view you a certain kind of way, whether you, you know, want that kind of view of yourself or not. It's, it's kind of in, you know, embedded in, in, you know, I think how the culture expects you to behave. I'm talking about things like, you know, 
I've mentioned Tyler Perry before in BET and how I think there's these negative stereotypes of black men that are just all over channels that are supposed to be educational channels for black folks. They're, they're supposed to be black entertainment television, but they don't want to tell stories of, you know, black men going through different things. You know, I think a, a lot of it is, at least from what I've seen, a lot of it are just really negative stereotypes of blackness. And I don't think that's okay. I think that's really toxic. And I think if you're going to show those things, you should counteract those things with real you know, real television that shows real stories of, of blackness that isn't, you know, that doesn't always involve gang activity or involve, you know, um, treating women bad, badly or, you know, robbing things. Or, and I'm not saying that this is all they show, but I'm saying a lot of these things are embedded in this. A lot of rap music, not everything, not, I would say a lot of mainstream rap, but not everything, not, you know, real good shit. Um, but a lot of what's mainstream is just, you know, people being, you know, the, I guess the worst parts of themselves. And I don't like that because that's not all we are. And I hate that channels like BET, I feel like maybe, maybe they've changed. I don't know. But when I was growing up, I feel like a lot of those channels kind of glorify those things and made those things look cool and made those things look, you know, like these are something black kids should do. Join a gang, you know, you know, do all these things, you know, uh, and I don't, I don't like that. I've never liked that. And I think, again, I think that's part of you know, what's embedded in the culture. And I think that, you know, also when people, other cultures, cultures see us, they think that way about us. They associate us with those things. And so I think we're treated not only by our own culture this way, but also by the world this way. This is what it means to be black. This is what it means to be these things and these words, you know, throwing words at us like ghetto and urban and all that stuff. And I, I didn't like it when I was a kid and I definitely don't like it now. <laughs> and I think that, we do have to have spaces for black men to talk about these things, to talk about, you know, past traumas. It's great to me, even though, you know, these things are on the rise now, I also see a rise of people being able to talk about their issues and having spaces to be able to say, hey, I'm not okay. You know, and I think it should be the responsibility of channels like BET and others, not just black, you know, specifically black channels, but people to talk about these things like, hey, you know, if you are, if this is a black channel, then these are conversations that should be being had is what's going on in our communities that young black men or older black men or whomever are ending their lives. What is going on? What can we do to step in and help before, you know, this number grows higher, higher and higher? There's got to be something that can be done. And there's got to be people that want to do something. Something needs to happen because we're going to lose more and more people if it doesn't, you know, if people don't step in. And I think that's the saddest part of a, a, a part of it all is a community that feels that is marginalized, feeling even more so marginalized that they can't really have a voice to say, hey, I'm not feeling well. Hey, I'm not OK. You know what I mean? Like, I, I again, growing up with like, you know, emo kids all around me and stuff like that. And, and you know, seeing, you know, that scene of, of kids and, and how they were so like allowed to be, I guess, in tune with their emotions and allowed to be dramatic and all these things you know they were allowed to express themselves in these kind of ways where I didn't see a lot of black kids being able to do that and, and I think that that's something that needs to change I think we need to have more people that are allowed to be themselves you know the authentic versions of themselves and not what the media tells you to be because you know the media is going to play a huge part in how we see the world it is it's a huge part in how we see the world and what we deem okay or what we you know how we find our identity it really is Social media, you know, is a big part of that too. And it's like, unfortunately, a lot of what, you know, 
has been given to black youth is, you know, you have to be rough, you have to be tough, you can't be all these things. Black men aren't sissies, black men aren't this, black men aren't that. A lot of people trying to tell black people, black men, who they are. And if you don't fit in with that, I think a lot of us feel like, well, there's something wrong with me, then I must be a problem, I must be defective, because I don't relate to that. And the truth is, is there is nothing wrong with you. It's okay to be sensitive. Straight men can be sensitive. Straight men can cry about things. That's okay. It should always be deemed as okay. It should never be deemed as, that's just a, a, a gay man thing. That's a sensitive thing. Yeah, so what is... I, it's words like masculine and, and, and you know, masculinity and, and all that. And, and all that. that really, I think just really put a damper on people. And I think we shouldn't, you know... I, th- I think what, what destroys us as people, not black people in general, just mean everybody, is when we put these labels on people, we put these expectations on what it means to be male, female, what it means to be white, black, this, that, and third. Like, everyone's going to have a different experience, right? Everyone's going to be different. Even people of the same race. Again, this is why I don't want to talk about the black, just the black experience or, you know, every black experience, because it's not my experience. I was raised in a very mixed background. Be- me being the darkest of my cousins and stuff, I definitely had different experiences from them. Um, but my experience was also still different from other black kids around me who might not be mixed or who might not have as much of a mixed background or might have different mixtures. You know, I, I never felt like I was, I never really, I never really felt like I was less than my family members. By them, it was more so than the outside world. There were times in my own family, certain things would come up, but it, it never, my cousins for the most part never made me feel a certain type of way about me and my, my blackness. Jokes would be made, but they were made on all sides, you know? But the outside world, when they saw us, I definitely knew that there was a difference between me and them. That was 100% different. And it did make me see them differently for a while too. It was why can't I be like this? Why am I so different from everyone else? Why does this one get so much praise and so many accolades for being lighter skinned than me? And I don't have those things or, you know, like, why is it sometimes it even seemed with sexuality that it was okay for one of my cousins to be the sexuality that she is. But for me, it was kind of like, oh, this is more taboo. Why does it have to be more taboo when we're literally the same thing? I'm a gay man. She is a a lesbian woman. Why does it have to be? But it seemed like for a while that this, her being a lesbian was okay. And it was kind of accepted and cool. But me being gay was still kind of, I don't know, watch him. And I I didn't like that feeling. I I really hated that feeling. And it did really cause, and it still kind of does, cause me to not bring guys around my family. Like, not only does my dating life just suck, because I, one, I just, I have a lot that I need to fix about myself. But a lot of... That part of my life definitely does suck, but also like when I do get into relationships, I do go into defense mode. I do go into when I, I think about that too. When I when I'm just in the prospects of dating people, I think, how's my family gonna react to this? How is how are my friends gonna react to you? How are people gonna react if they see me with someone? Cause I I've gotten those comments in the past that really have hurt my feelings when people have told me, like, you know, oh, the guy that you're with, he's just not on your level. He's not as good looking as you, he's not as cute as you. Aim higher. Did what are you doing? And it's like I remember one time I, I, my boyfriend came to see me at work. My ex-boyfriend came to see me at work and my coworker goes like, and she didn't do it in front of him, but she did it to me later. She's like, is that your boyfriend? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh honey, no. Like, do you not know how cute you are? And I'm like, thank you. But you didn't even, you don't know him. Like, and it's, it's comments like that, that I've really, I like, I am so paranoid and so anal when it comes to 
<laughs> anal. I'm sorry. I'm so paranoid. I can't take anything seriously, you guys. If you're if you're still here, you should know this. Um, but it, I really do get so self-conscious, and not only from that perspective, but even from my own. I don't know how he, his friends, his family are gonna treat me and think of me. I don't know any of that. And I want to have another conversation coming up about straight men because I was. I've had a really rough couple months. I've had a really rough couple months with my self-esteem, with my just mental health and just just my emotional, spiritual, uh, physical well-being. I've just, I've been not like really in a bad spiral, but kind of in a situation where like, it was like back-to-back guys were just, they were not good for me. And I got emotionally attached to one of them for a while and yeah, I just, it was not a good, it was not a good thing. It was not a good thing, but, um, it was, it was a hard chapter to close, but like it was, it was, it was really fast and hard. Does that make sense? Like it was a really fast chapter, but it was also a hard chapter to close because it, it had some history and some weight behind it. But I had to say like, nope, you are a whole married human being and that cannot be happening. Nothing did happen. Nothing did happen. Nothing physical happened, but just that was a really rough patch for me because it just came out of nowhere and these old feelings just kind of really did re-spark and I was just like, what am I doing? And on top of something else that happened months before that, which was another old thing that just kind of re-sparked and it's like, oh my, like this, 2023 has been a great year for me in, in, in financial things and in, in, in other amazing accolades that I've been able to have that I never saw coming. Thank God for those. I praise the Lord for that and just the great people that he put into my life and in my path. But when it comes to romantic situations, baby, it's been dark. It's been dark. It's been depressing. It's been very sad. And it's just, yeah, like it's just, it's, yeah, yeah, it sucks. But it's another thing that I talk about with, you know, within my own experience. And like I said, you know, even having other black gay friends, it's different because their experience is not like my experiences. I have one friend who, even though he's not, like, he is looking for a relationship, but he's also very open to many things. And so I think his journey has been a different one. Um, I We're different people. And I think we have, we just, we carry ourselves differently is what I'll say. Um, our paths are different, but our, I mean, I love him so much. He's like a brother sometimes. Like when we talk to each other, we can go a while without talking. And then when we do talk, it's like, girl, let me tell you about my experience. And, uh, and he'll give me advice and I try to give him advice too. And Again, we're just we're, the way we handle our lives and carry ourselves. It's just so different. And, um, but he's he's such a joy to have in my life. He's one of one of like even though we don't really hang out, hang out too often. Like we really don't. Um, he's I, I love having him around. I I truly do because he just gives me a different perspective. I think I think we both give each other a different perspective of life, and I love that because I'm. I feel like I'm a rare breed of human. I really do. I feel like I'm a rare, well, maybe a rarer breed, let's say that, than others. Because, I, like, there's so many people I, I have conversations with. I'm like, just just go and, and hook up with some guy if you want to. And da, da, da. I'm like, and my brain goes, nope, consequences. Let me think of all the ways this is going to go bad. What if I catch feelings? I'm very prone to doing. Like, when guys show me attention, I, I latch on. I think, oh, my God, he likes me. What do I do? And then I start thinking of how things are going to get ruined. My best friends are... They, they know my cycle and they're just like, don't do it. <laughs> just talk to them. It's okay. Like, it's all right. Don't overthink things. You got like, it, it just feels very like first day of high school for me. I just, I'm very like, it's bad. I just, I have such a, 
I have abandonment issues. I'm just, it's not, it's not a good place, man. It's not a good place. But, um, and, and that's the thing too, is like, sometimes you do have to laugh at it. Like as serious sometimes as it feels in the moment for me, I have to laugh about some things sometimes, otherwise I'm just not gonna be okay. And I think that that's something that needs to be normalized too, is that like, sometimes it's okay to laugh at the bad things and the sad things that happen to you. Sometimes it's like, I think a lot of us like don't, like my dad sometimes makes fun of me and he's like, you know, he's like, you know, you're, you're call you lonely boy. Cause I'm always like, I want a relationship. And I do, I want a relationship at the same time. Like I am very petrified of those things. And, um, cause I, I like, I know what it feels like to get into something and you're really excited and you're all in for it and you make plans and then something happens and you're just like, I have to now just completely reconfigure my life because this person that I put a whole bunch of trust in has not betrayed that trust. And I was working hard to keep their trust and they kind of didn't care about mine. And so it's like, oh, okay, like, I hate that feeling. And I don't like rejection. I've never liked rejection. I'm, I'm such a like, if I don't try, I don't have to worry about being rejected kind of person. That That is, I, that is my spirit animal. That is, that is, that is my spirit is if I don't try, I don't have to be rejected. I may, I may never know, but what I won't know is that feeling of rejection because I didn't try in the first place. I'm, I live there. And when I do take those, those leaps of faith and I do take those steps, I, and I, and I do get rejected. It does, it really does hurt. And I, I just kind of like, okay, I need to just like, I hate it. I, 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 I commend my friends and the other people in my life and just, or people that I know of who are just so it's okay. Like it's okay for them to get rejected and they just get back up and keep going. I like, I, completely commend you I don't know how you do it because I I'm a shutdown person I'm very much like okay that's rejection let's not do that again let's not go down that road ever again yay we're okay here I just I I I can't like I'm the guy like <laughs> I was gonna say I'm the guy that high fives himself I'm not that person but I just did it so maybe I am I don't know but I, I'm that person I'm very much I very much shield myself from like things like that because when I was younger I I went through a lot of stuff and I was like, I don't like pain. I don't think anyone does, but I really don't like it to the point that if I don't have to feel it, I'm not going to. If I don't have to put myself in situations that are going to cause some kind of pain and hurt later down the road or whatever, I'm not going to. So I, I live in that bubble and there, I, I, I definitely see the pros to it. I absolutely see the cons to it too. I think there's, there are cons for me feeling like I'm missing out on a lot of life. But at the same time, I also feel like I'm missing out on a lot of baggage, which I want and don't want. I think like, it's weird. It's like, I live in this space where it's like, I can see the pros of getting into, like when I, maybe when I was younger, getting, you know, being reckless and things like that, wanting to be more reckless and, and wishing that I allowed myself to be more of that. At the same time, I'm glad that I didn't allow myself to be more of that just because I, you know, I can see the scars that that leaves behind and everybody carries it differently. So I don't know, but like, I guess going back to this point that I'm trying to make here is that like, I love the fact that in my life, I do have a space with my father and other black men that I can talk about things and I can, I can, you know, express myself freely when I, you know, when I need to, and they can do the same. And I really do love that. And I think this is a space the space that I have, that I'm blessed to have, I, I wish for more black men. I wish for more people to have spaces like that where I, I can go to my mom about issues. I can go to my dad about issues. They can come to me about issues. I can go to, you know, some of my cousins about issues. I can go to my friends at work about issues. And we can just have real authentic conversations and just talk. And we don't have to have any filters on. We don't have to worry about 
the things I tell you, you're going to go back and tell someone else and completely betray my trust. It, it's such a nice feeling to have that, those spaces. And I think those spaces need to be so much more commonplace for everyone, for everybody. Um, again, this is not just for black men and black and black boys, but because that was the subject of conversation, that is what I'm talking about right now. Because um, I, I think, you know, it, it's important to to check on yourself. It's, and it's important to have people in your life that check on you. Like I, you know, checked on my friend this morning after I heard the news that I heard, um, just to see if they were okay. And it turns out that while they are, they're not okay, but they're, they're, um, yeah, I don't want to get too much into that, but they definitely, um, we had a conversation, <laughs> um, about things because I mean, you know, when things, when things happen around you, even if they don't affect you personally, like even if you didn't know the person personally, there is some kind of a ripple effect. You know, for example, for myself, just kind of coming out of work and seeing what I saw was like, I didn't know who it was for, obviously. I didn't know it had anything to do with what, you know, anything around me, but it did. And that definitely changed the way that I feel about it the day after. It's like, oh my God, like if I had known that, you know, I'm, I'm glad I didn't know, but that's so crazy that I was standing there for a few minutes kind of like because I was just waiting for my bus to come but I was kind of like assessing like what's going on what's happening what actually is happening here and then I saw like oh that's what's you know hearing the next day that's what was going on that was happening and it was like right there in front of me like was crazy you know at least at least part of it was right there in front of me it was just absolutely crazy so it's just you know things affect you and and I I just I wish I want to end this with this. I wish and I pray and I hope for spaces for people to safe spaces for people and safe people because people can be a safe space, right? To say, I'm not okay. I don't know if I'm ever going to be okay. I don't know if I've ever been okay. Can we talk? Can you help me? Can you do something? Sometimes just listening to me talk will help me just so that somebody knows something. I think that's, I, I want more of that. You know, I, I saw a quote somewhere that was like, I would rather talk to you about your problems than have to look up to the sky and ask why. Um, I'd rather, and that, that's, that's, that's me. That's how I feel. I remember in high school when ever my friends were going through something and it was like, even if it was the smallest thing, if they were like, I'm not okay, let's talk about it. I would stay on the phone for hours, for hours every night and be like, what, what can we do? How, you know what I mean? And sometimes you feel like you get nowhere, but at the same time, it's like most of the people that I was on the phone with, they're still here. And you know what I mean? And they have good days and they have bad days and they have good years and not so good years. They have these things, you know, they have good decades and maybe not such so good decades. I don't know. But like, I would rather talk to you about what you're going through than have to look up at the sky or look at a grave or even look down where I don't know and ask why you're not here anymore to talk to. I think that's, that's the, the, the thing for me. And it's just, it's just, I don't know, it's it's very sad um, when these things happen because I think everyone's left with why and, you know, everyone's left with just holes, you know? Even if you don't really know the person, sometimes it's just like because you you saw the ambulance or you saw the police cars or you heard someone screaming or you saw the post the next day and you heard 
how someone felt or you, you know, you, someone close to you knew that person and they're grieving and you're just like, oh my gosh, like my friend is not okay. I need to check on my friend and make sure my friend is good because this, like there's, it's just a ripple. One life can really affect tons and tons and tons of other lives. And I wish that, that the, there could have been the alternative is a ton of lives affected that one life and that life could still be here today. You know what I mean? I, that's what I wish is that the, the reverse would happen is that tons of people got involved to help this person. And instead of having to hear about this person and, and the what ifs and what could I have done, um, there could have been something preventative to happen. I hope that there is for the next person that thinks, you know, that this is the way, this is the only way. Um, it's not the only way. Um, and that you can, you, you know, Depression is something I think that even though nobody wants to live with that, I don't want to live with it for my whole life, but it's something that like, if I have to, I will. Um, and luckily I have people in my circle, in my support system that like will walk with me through that. Um, sometimes it does feel like I'm alone in it. Of course it does. I think it feels like everyone's alone in it. Um, but the truth is, is that you're not alone. I think reminding ourselves of how not alone we are, that over seven, I think there's like, what, still seven billion of us, maybe more than seven billion people walking around with it today. I think we all have it. I think there's no way that you can't have it. Um, I think that's, you know, to some degree, to some degree. Um, and if you don't have it now, you might have it later, or you might've just gone through it. I, I don't know, but I just, I don't want to have to hear any more stories like that. I know that obviously that's something that we're going to have to hear because they're not going away. I wish there was a way that they could, but maybe if, even if they don't go away, maybe we can find a way to make them less and less and less would be nice. So, um, but if you do need help and even if you don't need help, you just need someone to listen to. It's not, it's not always about needing help. Sometimes, sometimes maybe you just need to be listened to. You just need to be heard or you just want to listen to somebody. Sometimes you just want to listen to somebody else's problems because it makes you forget about your own or it makes you put yours in perspective. I don't know. I, you know, there are times where I've offered just to listen to somebody. It might be a weird thing to, to offer, but like, it's true sometimes just, and it, it, dude, there's so many people, like I've changed my, my, not that my views or opinion matter to anybody but myself, but sometimes just like, opening yourself up to listening to people changes your views of them. And you're like, wow, I did not, I saw you in a way and that way is so not who you are. And I feel stupid and I feel bad for even thinking that way about you. I'm dumb. Um, sometimes it, it's a nice reality check for you. Cause it's like, sometimes you see people and you think this person must be away because they look this way or they act this way or they talk this way. But it turns out there might be a whole different reason why they are the way that they are that you don't even know about. And so, just letting them speak and letting them be authentic with you and opening that space up can really reveal some things to you that will blow your mind. I've had people tell me that, dude, like, you know, I thought you were a certain type of way, but you just letting me talk to you and you giving me advice or you just listening really shows me that you actually kind of do care. And it's surprising because I didn't think you did. I thought you were like an I don't give a fuck person, which I am. But at the same time, I'm also someone who's like, it's okay to care. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to feel things. Even if I don't like you, it's okay. Like I, like I said, there's been many people that I'm like, I really don't like you, but you're going through something. Let's talk about it. If you need a shoulder, I'm here. If you want me to go fuck off, I'll do that too. Like I, it's really is just, it's your show, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm going to end it with this. It's just like, I, like I said, 
if you need help, if you just need someone to talk to, you might not need help. You just you might want to just know that somebody's listening. You know, there are people around. I, I you know, this might be a controversial take. I pray. Um, I, I pray a lot sometimes. Just sometimes for myself, sometimes for others, because when I just genuinely don't know what to do, but I feel like someone needs a little prayer, I'll do that. Um, you know, if, if you're not into prayer, that's okay. That's fine. I'm not judging you at all. If that's your business. But that's what I find kind of sometimes helps me. I'm not even kind of sometimes. It actually really does help me. This is not a plug. It's not a Christian plug. Um, but I've, I've found that that helps me. Uh, again, if that doesn't help you, that's okay too. Um, but let somebody know something. You know, someone you trust. Someone you, you trust without a doubt. If that's if that person only is God or your higher power, that's okay too. But let somebody know because I believe that your higher power, if you have one, um, not saying that if you don't have one, then you know, sucks to be you. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that if you have a higher power, I do believe that your higher power, because your higher power cares for you so much, I do believe that your higher power will find people for you to have in your life. Will put people in your in your line of sight. I'm only speaking to my own experience. I can't really speak to yours, but. I can say that when I've had moments of just feeling down and out and feeling like nobody understands, nobody gets it, I kid you not, God is like, Shazam! <laughs> you thought you were alone. No, nah, not nah, kid. You're, you're really not. You're actually, you're more common than you think. Your, your, your personality, your, your, you know, what's your, your struggles, everything, everything is so much more common then you think, stop thinking that you're alone. Stop thinking that you're so unique in this way. You're, you're uniquely crafted, yes. But you are not, your situations are not as unique as you think. And that honestly helps me out. Because when I feel like there's no one that understands and God finds someone who does, it's like, huh, okay, cool. I really am not doing this whole thing alone. So it is nice. It's very nice. And even when people don't necessarily understand, but they just want to hear it. They just want to listen. They just want to be there to offer any kind of assistance to you. That's so nice too. And that, I, I think that's such a blessing in itself too. So I've had quite a few people um, when I was going more into church and stuff. And even at work, sometimes I'll, I'll meet like someone who just, like I, I, there was a guy that I met a little while ago who I think is just like, just let me tell you, this guy is amazing. And I just genuinely think that he is just like a textbook, storybook, freaking prince. It, it, it's kind of annoying because it's just like, he, he's just, he's amazing. Like, he really is just this amazing person. I really didn't know him uh, too well. And then one day we just like sat and had a conversation and um, we just kind of talked about our faith and just kind of talked about how, you know, sometimes we put our faith in what we do as in we like bring things that we've read in scripture or whatever to not to, not to get too christian on you um but that you know we, we i like to call myself christian you, you know i i don't like to call myself that like not that there's anything wrong with being one i just i'm more of a jesus follower than i am a christian but anyway um <clears throat> someone might be like that's the same thing anyway uh that's how i view myself <laughs> anyway um i we were just talking about, you know, kind of how we live our lives and just kind of the things that we try to bring to the table sometimes, you know, at work. And he and I just had this really great conversation. And I just realized, like, this is such a, like, this is such a, a moment because, like, I feel like we're, we, I, I found a friend to connect with. And, like, honestly, every time we talk now, it's just, like, 
I don't know. I just feel like he's someone that I can really just talk to and vibe with. And we're just two different people. We have two different walks, but our it's like our faith that I think that really binds us as friends. And I just, he's just so great. Every time he sees me, he has nothing but positive affirmations. And I'm the same. I just think he's a fantastic human being. And I just, I love that. So sometimes getting back to my, what I was saying earlier, sometimes, you know, your, your higher power will send you people your way. And I think it's just being open enough to kind of experience that and open enough to kind of receive that. Because sometimes there'll be people that you would never think you would vibe with. You would never even think you would gel with. And then, wha-bam, you're sitting across from a new best friend. Wha-bam, you're sitting across from an ally. Wha-bam, you're sitting across from your possible future partner. Like, you're, there's so many people and there's so many stories out there like that. So just kind of be open to that, you know, kind of be open to just letting people in, not, maybe not everybody. Of course, I'm always going to tell you to be diligent and have discernment. I'm always going to tell you that because I know what it's like to, to let people in that we're not the best of people. You know, I know what that's like. Um, I, I guess my thing is see how far they're willing to open up to you. And if you feel safe, match that. If you don't feel safe, that's okay. You can, it's something you could possibly potentially work on. There are some people out there who are just not okay. They're just not okay people at all. Um, and might open up to you about things that they've already dealt with. And so they really don't have anything on the line because they've already dealt with these things, but you're still freshly walking through yours. So be diligent about that. But at the same time, I just want, I just, I feel like we need to create more spaces. It's so important to have spaces for people to talk and share. You know, I, I, children, adults, you know, with, with their peers, you know, um, I just think it's so important. I think it really, truly is. I think it's important to educate young black men and men of color in general, that the stereotypes that are put on you, be it by your own or by other cultures or, you know, wherever you're from, don't have to be your destiny. Don't have to be who you are. Might've been some, it's just some outdated way of thinking. Um, and there are, there are other ways. That's all I'm going to say. There are other ways to, to live and to exist and you're okay and you matter. And that's the biggest thing that you matter. Your life matters and it will always matter. And not only do I wish for you to have that space, but I wish for you to be a space for others. Cause I feel like when we are okay with ourselves and we're good with us, we can then go out and be good for somebody else. You know what I mean? So that's, that's just my, my hope about this, you know, this whole thing. And I, I rambled on for too long now. I'm so sorry. If you're still listening to this, I really appreciate you because I babble and I don't mean to, but it's something that I do. Sorry. Um, anyway, that's, that's the end of it though. Seriously. It's just look out for yourself and look out for others too, because you're not as alone as you think you are. Anyway, bye. Have a good day.